Welcome to another episode of It's a Long Beach Thing, where we bring on guests and we talk about this beautiful city we call Long Beach. And now, here's your host, motivational coach, Paul Fortune. Welcome to It's a Long Beach Thing. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and like us on Facebook, It's a Long Beach Thing. We have a great show for you today. We have my friend, former dirtbag, former Houston Astro, Mike Gallo on the show with us today. Mike, what's going on, my friend? Oh, just living the life in the LBC, you know, working and playing and coaching and you know, spending uh, eight bucks a gallon on gas, but no, <laughs> but no, you know, just having fun right now. We're in the fall sports season right now. So I'm coaching my son's uh, soccer team. And then uh, we'll start back baseball here and around Thanksgiving. We'll start throwing the ball around, start hitting again, get ready for baseball season. Excellent. And I want to touch on all that, but let's bring it back. A question that I like to ask all my, my guests, what's your association with the great city of Long Beach? You know, the the great thing about Long Beach that I was very fortunate. I grew up in the 90808, uh, front yards, backyards, you know, uh, high school games on Friday night at Millican High School, um, where I went to high school eventually. But it just it, it, get, it gives a little small town feel where I grew up, up in this part of Long Beach. And uh, I was very fortunate. My parents rented. They never bought a house here. And as I was growing up, I always was confused by that because I was like, we rent, then we'd have to move and then rent, rent again. We, we moved a couple of times. We always stayed in the same area for the most part. And then my parents got separated and I said to myself, you know what, if I ever make enough money in my lifetime, I'm going to buy a house in the 90808. And that's, that was one of my, you know, childhood dreams to buy a house and, and raise a family here. And so, you know, it's just, it's got that good feeling, even though, you know, it's it's still Long Beach is such a big city. Like I said, this part of Long Beach is so unique in, in so many ways. And just a little tidbit here, when the pandemic happened and L.A. County decided to shut down, I was five minutes from the Orange County. So I could go over there and go eat in a restaurant and be okay. And over here, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but best of both worlds there, huh? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. But like I said, the weather... It's just you can't beat the weather, you know. I mean, what we get, what one month, two months of, uh, maybe a month of like really hot and sticky, and that's it. But I've been all over this country, and I, I can honestly say we have the best weather in, in the country, except we we pay for it. <laughs> yeah, we do. We definitely do. So um, obviously, you were a major league uh, baseball pitcher. So growing up, you had to be athletic, and you probably played other sports. So what other sports did you play, and what did you excel at? You know, uh, my dad didn't put me in baseball until I was eight years old, so I didn't play any t-ball or any of that stuff. My dad just figured uh, if you can't throw a ball correctly and you can't catch a ball correctly, then I'm not going to waste my money and put you in just some t-ball and hang out. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, my philosophy changed when I had my own son. I put him in t-ball, and it was fun. So, But overall, um, I did play a little bit of Pop Warner football when I was around eight years old, and I just wasn't big enough. Uh, there was guys my age that were – you know, weighing about 50 more pounds more than me. And, you know, just wasn't my forte. But I, I do love football a lot. As you can see, I got Lambeau behind me. I'm a Packer fan. We'll talk about that. But but overall, um, you know, it was just mainly football. But I love ice hockey. I wish – that's one thing I wish I would have 
learned when I was growing up was to ice skate and, and to play some ice hockey because I really enjoy watching the game of hockey and I know I would enjoy to play it because of the energy and I'm a high energy guy and hockey just seems like you can never be bored. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mainly just those two, maybe just a little bit of football and mostly baseball. So then when you got into Milliken, because I'm assuming that's the high school you went to, right? Milliken Rams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll back it up. I did play Los Altos Little League where I coach now. Now it's Cal Ripken baseball where my son's at. But, uh, yeah, I played locally right here at El Dorado Park and, and then Long Beach Whaley Park for Pony, which they, they you know, so much baseball around here. Then I went to Milliken, and uh, I didn't make varsity till my senior year. We just were loaded with so much talent over there, and I really only pitched, like, 20 innings my senior year at Milliken High School. So I had to go to the JUCO route with Long Beach City College, too. But Milliken – we didn't win any CIF championships, but when I, when I was a freshman, sophomore, they did. And I wasn't on the team then. But, um, you know, it's just this base, this area is just loaded with baseball. Well, I want to back up there because you said something very uh, that I didn't know that you didn't make your varsity baseball team until you were a senior and you only pitched 20 innings. You're a major league baseball pitcher. Yep. So it tells, tells me if you have grit. And you have a goal in mind, don't give up on yourself. You probably didn't get into your body until you were in JC and in and, and, and college, which we'll 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 uh, we'll touch on it. So you went into Los Altos, which I think that's where Sean Burroughs went, right? Where he won Burroughs, the Burroughs played Long Beach to the league over at Stearns Park. Oh, Stearns Park. Oh, okay. Where's Los yep. Okay, okay, okay. You know what? I, I got confused. I thought that was Los Altos, but it's not. No, Los Altos is El Dorado, and then and and that's now it's Cal Ripken. It, it's a different type of little league. It's not associated with little league. Okay. Uh it's it's a little different. They start doing leadoffs and stuff. It's like real baseball at age like nine and ten. They start learning leadoffs and the pitchers have to pitch, do pickoff moves and and all that jazz. Whereas little league, you can't lead off and all that stuff. But yeah, a Stearns Park hung on to that little league charter so there's still little league over there it's pretty cool to see gotcha so well let's go back into the mindset because i really want to dig in here because i think this is tremendously awesome you pitched yeah. 20 innings at milliken and then you went to a jc what jc did you go to long beach city long beach city college was casey crook your coach or was that before yeah. crook was my coach yep crook was your coach okay so you're at long beach city college okay going to milliken 20 innings, so obviously you weren't a stud at the time. And what was your thought process going to Long Beach City College at that point as far as as far as trying to make that team? Yeah, well, um, a funny story. I only pitched 20 innings, but in the second round of the CIF game, Coach Dan Peters, who had CIF championship rings, he our our offense was kind of hit or miss. We 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 had a team ERA my senior year of like 0.78. It was something crazy. For high school baseball to have a team ERA of 0.78, we had Nick Beerbrot, who was the number one draft pick by the Diamondbacks when they had the expansion draft. Uh, he was only a junior at the time, left-hander. And then we had Eric Ireland, who signed with the University of Texas, was drafted in the fifth round by the Houston Astros. And he ended up signing and going to play pro ball to Milliken. He didn't go to college. But uh, we and back then in high school, all you really needed was two pitchers. And I would throw in the weekends and the tournament games. But it was just scratch innings here or there. And I combined a no-hitter one time in a against Miracosta in the Miracosta tournament. But my main passion was playing right field or outfield because I could, I could run. I wasn't tall enough to play first base. 
but um, but I I could swing the bat a little bit. My senior year, I I, I got the game winning hit against Cypress in the first round of CIF um, playoffs. Uh, we played the game at Long Beach City. I don't know why. Maybe because we couldn't get into Blair Field, and they just moved the game over there. I, 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 Millican just wasn't um, the place you want to put a CIF playoff game back then. But, anyways, um, I was going to City as like, oh, I I want to prove that I could be a two way player. I could pitch and I could play, you know, play the field. I want to be able to hit. And I remember I I had my heart set on that. And kind of City College looked at me as just straight pitcher, and they had to fix my mechanics. And that was 1996. And basically, um, they said, yeah, you're just going to be a pitcher only. And I kind of barked about it. I'm like, ah, if, you know, if we, if we struggle with hitting, give me, give me some batting practice and let me get into a game. And I think I only got into one game as a, as a hitter or pinch hitter or whatnot. And I think, I don't know what I struck out or ground out. I don't know, but, but I just became a PO only really when I finally got to Long Beach city college. And I finally had a, not to knock any pitching, coaches I had at Milliken I really just didn't get that much work in when I was there but but overall sorry my dog's going nuts I don't know why but uh but um but uh at, at Long Beach City I had a pitching coach named Mike Carpell who was a great pitching coach that I had with me over at City and he ended up going to BYU as a pitching coach and then he went to then he ran his own program at Barstow and um but o- overall um it was just one of those situations where i really didn't learn how to pitch till like till i was about 19 years old 18 19 years old and that's when i started to pitch and get learn the game and all that so you know my mechanics got more simpler i should say i had some wild mechanics i don't know if you remember any pictures of warren spawn <laughs> yeah i never saw him. yeah he had that high leg kick out of control that was the way i used to i didn't kind of copy him that's just the way i felt like I needed to lift that leg really high and load up on that back leg to get the velocity. And, you know, in a way I, it kind of looked deceiving to the hitter and I could get away with it throwing 84, 85. I don't know what I was throwing back then, but, but overall I had to quiet the leg kick and all that and learned a little bit more about the mental side of pitching, but that mental part of pitching and and competing was, was basically, uh, how can I put it? I, I basically went through the class of the mental side of baseball when I got to Long Beach State out of Long Beach City. But go ahead. I feel like I'm talking too much. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So uh, at, at Long Beach State College, were you a reliever then or were you a starter? At City or State? City. City, I came in as like maybe a number four starter, mm-hmm. long relief guy. Uh, basically a lefty, not not pigeonholed just to get lefties out, just a guy that could eat up some innings in the bullpen. And so that's how I started that season. And and so um, it turned out there was one game, my and I only went to City for one year. Um, I, I took my my SATs and I did all that stuff and I, I passed them. I guess what they called is I was a predictor to go to a four-year college. Um, I qualified. I just had to maybe take like a intro to math class when I got to Long Beach State but we'll get but long story short I basically got an opportunity to start against Cerritos who back then was like the defending champions of that conference for for Long Beach City and uh one of our starting pitcher from Milliken Greg Moore if you if, I don't know if you know that name uh he's a man he was the head coach at Cal State Northridge not too long ago and he's moved on I forgot where he went now but good baseball kid good baseball mind and he he, he was a workhorse as a right-handed pitcher and he got sick and he was supposed to start against uh, Cerritos at Cerritos. And it was probably the sec- first month of the season. It was the- when we just started conference. And uh, I guess Long Beach City 
was on a losing streak at that time against against Cerritos. And so I come out there and I, I, I was the freshest arm. So I got the start. I went complete game. Um, we won the game five to two. I gave up two solo shots to a guy named Chuck Lopez, who was out, who, who became my teammate at Long Beach State. And of all the people, he was a left-handed hitter. And he just, I threw him fastballs away and he just, he hit the ball a long way. And the guy, guy could flat out swing it. But uh, that was my only blemish in that game. But I went complete game and we won. And then I just became a guy at that point. They put me in the rotation and I was throwing, you know, and I, I did well. I did well, enough well to get to, um, to get a to get look see by Long Beach State and get offered tuition and books to come over there after just one year at City. So that's what happened. I got a scholarship to go over to Long Beach State and play for Dave Snow. Was there any other uh, baseball uh, teams or baseball colleges looking at you? Because Long Beach State's pretty big, so I would imagine yeah, that there'd be yeah. other ones too. I committed to Long Beach pretty quick, and I think uh, Long smart about it, but. I did get a letter from South Carolina and the SEC conference, the Gamecocks, mm -hmm. to come play uh, baseball for them. But uh, I didn't have an official visit. I, now that I think about it, I wish I would have just got that free trip out of the way and go check out the campus and see what they would have offered me to come play baseball there for, for them and all that good stuff. But it, yeah, but nothing else really because I committed so fast to Long Beach State. Mm -hmm. So, so you go to Lummi State with a scholarship. So you're feeling pretty good about this. And Dave Snow, if anybody knows, is a freaking legend. So obviously you're pretty excited about going there. And didn't he coin a nickname for you? So could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, my sophomore year, you know, we're at the campus practicing because we play our games at Blair, but we use the the field right behind the pyramid as our practice field and. We're out there just doing ground ball practice. They call it pit, uh, PFP, pitcher's fielding practice. And um, I was running around fast and, you know, just getting to the ball quick and throwing. And and coach just yelled, you know, nice job, Peppy. Good job, Peppy. Like, because I have Pep in my step. I don't know, because I'm a positive guy. So it just stuck. And that was my nickname was Peppy. And, and it turned out, as I went through Long Beach State, where you didn't want Pepe on the mound, you wanted Mike Gallo pitching, but not Pepe, the Pepe on the mound. So it was like two different uh, personalities. <laughs> so so basically Pepe was the guy off the field keeping everybody loose, and the guy on the field, Mike Gallo, he was the he was the warrior. He was the he was the one that's going to get the job done. Yeah, like basically when you stepped in the box, I, I wanted to eat your guts and get you out of there. <laughs> so you were living you were living that so when you were going through Long Beach State you were there what two years no no three I, got, I went over there in seven I was just a sophomore getting used to D1 baseball I didn't I, I pitched maybe 30 innings I went I, I battled with my first bout with tendonitis it was just something minor nothing crazy um but battled and I did okay and then that year in 97 we went to LSU during the year that LSU was winning those college road series, we got to go to their regional. And that was, that was the coolest, coolest experience I ever experienced in my life with baseball at that up until that point was to go play in an atmosphere like LSU, like Alex Fox stadium. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty intense. And um, in that, in that tournament, they gave me a, an opportunity to come in and pitch in relief when we were winning over uh, South Alabama, I think it was, or somebody like that. And I threw two shutout innings and, you know, I started getting some confidence with me and then the coach had confidence in me as well. And, 
you know, I, I, I did pretty well and got a, got a postseason appearance, didn't give up any, any, any runs, but we ended up getting eliminated by, I think it was Ellis. She knocked us out, but yeah, but the following year, 98, we got to go to the college world series and that was a, a lifetime dream to go to pitch in the college world series. And how did, how did you pitch in the 98? Did it? So yeah. So 98, I came out um, in the, in the fall trained, looked good, good enough to start. And um, I won the starting job against, we opened up against USC. And I remember I, I, I kind of got, uh, I was a little excited. That was peppy pitching. And I had some walks, had some control issues and had to learn a little bit about myself at that point. And basically I started the year as a starter, then went back in the bullpen because snow didn't trust me as a starter. Cause I just, my control issues, I was too inconsistent if I, if I could say those words. And then, um, Fast forward to conference play, I was still in the bullpen, and um, I, I I can't really recall pitching terrible, but there was times I guess I just like same thing. I was inconsistent. Control would be a problem, whatever, whatever it may be. But um, it was just emotions would get to me. I get hyper and I have to learn to control it. So, long story short, um, we're playing Cal State Fullerton. Oh, sorry about that. I was just getting blown up here. Sorry, but let me let me let me put my phone on uh, uh, do not disturb. There we go. So I'm doing this on my phone. <laughs> so yeah. So long story short, um, basically, um, um, we, we go on a trip to Santa Barbara, and I didn't. There was times I could have came in in relief and helped the team out, but they, they, I didn't didn't get up to warm up at all. Maybe I warmed up one time and they didn't use me. So then, fast forward to the following weekend, we're at Cal State Fullerton, and this is a big rivalry, all that stuff. I'm out there shagging balls, um, you know, before the game. Are you Saturday, a or Goodwin? Yeah, I'm just trying to remember this. So we're at Fullerton at Goodwin Field in 98. Friday night comes and goes. I think we lost. We either won or lost. I can't remember, but I didn't pitch then either. So Saturday comes along, and we're out there shagging. I'm shagging for BP and Coach Snow kind of walking around out in the outfield talking to the guys. He comes up to me and he goes, because uh, look, Pepe, um, you know, you're not going to get too many op- more opportunities here. I need, you know, basically, I need need to see some consistency out of you, you know. And I, I just said, coaches, give me the ball. That's all I said. Give me the ball, coach. And we had a freshman starting that day, Jeff Loomberger, out of you know Anaheim Hills. He went to Anaheim Canyon High School, I think, in Anaheim. And so, um, gosh, your dog's just going nuts out here. Sorry. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> distractions, but uh, long story short, uh, uh, I keep saying that. Um, I'm just remembering exactly what happened. So Loomberg said, Give yeah. him the ball. He said, Give, yeah, just yeah, give yeah, him the yeah. ball. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Loomberger starts and he, get, he gets shellacked. Mm-hmm. And basically, four innings into it, we're down four nothing. And um, so on that note, um, I get to the point where I was the first man up and uh, to, to, to be in the bullpen. And so as I'm in the bullpen warming up, uh, he walks a guy after just giving up runs. And all of a sudden, hey, coach that comes out, Gallo, you're in. So that was the fourth inning. I proceed to finish the fourth inning, get out of the trouble. And then I threw fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, five inning shutout ball. Mm-hmm. Struck out like eight Titans and we win the game. We come back to win. So I got the win. So at that point, if I could pinpoint any part of my baseball career as my whole career, that one game took my confidence level from here to like 
to the ceiling, to the clouds. Mm. And basically, I at that point, I felt like I could pitch against anybody. And I took that one game and put it in my memory box. And that's where the mental side of this game came into play when you're 20, 21 years old, 19, 20 years old, where all of a sudden now snow throws me in the, in the rotation on Friday night for the rest of the season. And then I end up rifling off wins. And I end up finishing the season before we went to the playoffs. I was like seven and two. And my ERA was hovering around the mid threes. But so you that was starting Friday night pitcher at the time then? At that point? Uh, yeah, from that game on, after that Fullerton series, I was now the Friday night guy. Mm. Yeah. Snow just gave me the ball. Said, you got the ball on Friday night. And I rode that wave all the way to Omaha. And all of a sudden, I find myself starting against Miami and Pat Burrell, who's the number one overall pick in that draft by the Phillies that year in 98. And um, um, I run into a buzzsaw facing against this guy named Alex Santos. He throws a one-hit gem, seed, uh, eight innings. We get one run. It wasn't a home run. We just manufactured it. We lose three to one. But I go into the sixth inning. I gave up a solo jack to to uh, to Burrell, and I think that was it. And that team was leading the nation in home runs. So to only give up one home run, it was fine. But that was when those bats, before they changed the BB core, you can make a hell of a pitch, and they can still golf it out. But yeah. that's just the way it was. But um, I had this little backdoor slur breaking ball that I would throw. And one thing that I, I noticed about that game is that I didn't pitch inside enough and made an adjustment because we lost that game three to one. We go in the loser's bracket and we knock out we knock out Florida State. And then we played Miami again on three days, three days from when I started. And uh, actually, it was three, I had three full days of rest from that one game. And I had, and then Snow said, "Hey, you want to? You, you, if you feel good, I'm gonna start you again against Miami." I said, "Okay," and he did. And I go six innings again, strike out another, I don't know, twelve guys, and or I don't know, maybe nine guys. And I did give up a solo shot to this time to Aubrey Huff, win aided a curveball that I, I didn't hang. He just golfed it out, mm. and it just blew out there. But anyways, I leave the game, and we're we're tied three to three at this time. And we end up coming in, you know, our, our bullpen comes in and we pull it out in the ninth inning and eliminate Miami. So we knocked off the number one team in the country. We knocked off the number two team in Florida State. And now we're playing Arizona State in the final four while SC's playing, I believe, LSU or I don't know who they were playing on their side of the bracket. But I didn't pitch that day. I was I was I was in mode where if we went to a championship game, I would probably pitch that. But we got knocked out by Arizona State. Uh, we had one bad inning where the floodgates opened early and we got eliminated. But but that right there got me on the map with Pro Ball, I believe. The, the draft already happened, and scouts were now seeing me on ESPN and throwing and pitching and getting dudes out at 89 miles an hour, 90 miles an hour, if that. But, you know, upper 80s with sync and movement and, and, and getting ahead and battling. And basically, I, I showed the, the nation I, I'm a battler. I Even if guys on base, I'm still going to go out there and throw strikes and, 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 and try and get out of the inning. I'm not going to give in and give up. So I uh, remember the Cardinals gave me a uh, – the Cardinals, after that year was over, Cardinals off, a scout called me and said, hey, I can give you uh, $5,000 in school if you want to come play pro ball. And I talked to Coach Snow, and he's like, yeah, you don't want to do that. Why would you do that? You, you can come back your senior year and you work your way, you know, hang on to this rotation spot, and you never know, you could, you could be drafted next year. So that's what I did. I told the guy I want 50 grand 
and you wouldn't say you wouldn't give me 50 grand. So I went back for my senior year, which is kind of unheard of. A lot of guys don't do that anymore. You know, a lot of guys don't come back for their senior year. And I, and I did, and I'm glad I did because I was big West pitcher of the year. I got drafted in the fifth round. I was the 173rd pick of the 1999 draft. And uh, yeah, that, that's how that was. My, that's how my, by the Astros. Yeah. That the Houston drafted me in the fifth round as a senior sign. So I got 60 grand before taxes. Now, if I was a junior getting in the fifth round, fifth round that year, I probably would have got like 200 grand. But because I was a senior, I had no bargaining power. Mm. I had to give them, they, they, I had to sign what they were going to give me. They weren't budging. And I, and, and I had to come back and pay for one year of school, but I only had to take like 18 more units and I was good to go. So, um, that, 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 I ended up getting my degree in speech communications because of that. So that, that was one thing I made a point of after my first pro pro summer, I went to go get my degree and finish up my, my, my college degree. And that was, that was really important to me. So at that time you're, you're drafted by the, the Astros playing, um, what is it rookie, called rookie ball at that time? Right. Or yeah, they, they, they sent me to short season a, which was Auburn, New York. And I made, I think four starts. And I was licking my chops. I threw 128 innings at Long Beach State, had about three weeks off, and then came in a pro ball. And I probably played catch through a bullpen, but I just stayed the course. And uh, I felt like I was uh, – I felt like I had a million uh, – I was. my arm felt really good. And I'm like, oh, I get to go face wooden bats now? This is going to be fun. And I I mastered the art of pitching inside. Like I uh, – against Miami the second time, I pitched against power hitters inside. And they didn't like it. And I got a couple strike threes inside. I jammed a couple guys. And uh, I, I really embraced pitching inside to righties. Not as much lefties, but more righties. Because it was kind of like that crossfire coming inside. So um, I wanted to break a bat. And so four innings, I, I did well. I don't think I gave up a run. Maybe one run. And then they promoted me right away. Because I was a senior. I was 23 years old. 22 years old playing against well, like let me let me let me stop you just one second because I'm I'm very interested in asking you this question yeah when you're 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 in rookie ball you're you're it sounds like you're feeling good right you you're you just told me you're like I can't wait to throw against people hitting wooden bats because that metal bat thing I did well imagine me now pitching against people with wooden bats where the ball doesn't go as far yeah. so at this point in time did, in your head was there no doubts that you thought hey I'm a major leaguer you know, I at the time, I wasn't trying to be cocky and say, like, oh, I should be in the big leagues right now. I wasn't thinking that. I just wanted to keep my confidence going, and whatever level I was at, I wanted to master it. And that was kind of how I went about it. And I, I had some huge adversity. I, I mean, after – I'll just give you this nutshell. I get, I get moved up after a month in short season. So short season goes from June until – uh, like Labor Day, whereas um, full season clubs like A ball, Double A, Triple A, they start in just out of spring training, so April to Labor Day. So you you got you know whatever sixty games versus one hundred and thirty games uh, between the levels. That's the difference. So mind you, I was playing with guys in rookie ball in the Auburn, New York, and the New York Penn League with guys that went to spring training, maybe were hurt. They had to stay in rehab and they couldn't go to a ball because they just needed to build up their innings. So they came to the Penn league once it started, but mostly I want to say 80% of the team were the new draftees, college guys, some high school guys. So, so that's where I was, but overall 
they promote me and you're going to get a kick out of this. Um, the pitching coordinator says, Hey, we don't normally do this right away. Don't get used to this. And that was the, that thing still resonates in me because I was thinking, geez, if I can dominate for a month, I might be in the big league soon, you know? Yeah. And they, but the pitching coordinators, we don't normally do this because, but your age, you're okay. You can handle it. So they sent me to battle Creek, Michigan. The first day I'm there, they said, yeah, you're in the stands. You're going to be doing the, the radar gun. Because what happens if you're starting, if you're a starting pitcher, you got to do the radar gun, write down all the gun readings for every pitch of every guy. And then, and then the day before you start, you do the game chart. So you're keeping so track. So you were of a starter. You were a starter at this time still. Oh yeah. They drafted me as a starter. Yeah. Oh, right on. Okay. Yeah. So they, they, they kind of kept me there for now. And then, um, so then uh, I remember sitting in the, <laughs> doing the radar gun and Johan Santana is mm -hmm. on our A-ball team, you know, that dude was a beast. And he's quietly, quietly from the left side throwing 94, popping it, popping it, mm -hmm. popping it, popping it. He's from Venezuela. And nicest kid in the world, too. A good teammate, just a good guy. I'm like, oh, this is cool. All right. Yeah, this kid, what's, why is this guy not in the big leagues yet? You know, geez, this guy's got good stuff. And I'm not, I'm not used to seeing a guy throw consistently 93, 94 and with a curveball and a changeup, you know. Why is this guy in A-ball? Little to be known that year after that year in A-ball, he was rule five to the twins and he had to be in the big leagues because the Astros protected him at a certain level. And if, if somebody took him in the rule five, you got to bump him up a level and they have to be in the big leagues the whole year. And he was, and he ended up doing his thing and he did well. But so then the, the, the day before my start, I'm doing the game chart. Guess who's on the mound? The wizard, Roy Oswald. Oh, wow. So Roy Oswald's on the mound and he's popping with ease, 94. 95, 96. And I'm like, damn, these guys are throwing cheese. And I'm like, this is interesting. And and he's getting people out. And then I come in here and I'm throwing 87, 88, 89, just getting trying to get dudes out, you know. But so little do I know that I finished the year, my first pro summer in Battle Creek, Michigan. Then in 2000, they sent me back to Michigan. Then in 2001, back to Michigan. Then 2002, I finally got a gift. We didn't, uh, we didn't uh, uh, have a high, a high A team. We had two low A teams. So Midwest League, Battle Creek, and then we had Lexington, Kentucky, was in the South Atlantic League. I just prayed and begged that they wouldn't send me back to Battle Creek because I was there stuck in A-ball. And in my last year in A-ball, they took me out of the rotation and put me in the bullpen. Mm. So now – Granted, now I'm 24 years old, and what am I still doing in A-ball? I'm like, this is this is not looking good for my career. Maybe I should start, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Maybe they should trade me because I'm not getting in. Uh, you know, I didn't like what I was doing. But so my last year, though, this is the kicker here. This is what leads me to my big league job. J.D. Drew comes down to the Midwest League for the Peoria Cardinals for a rehab stint, and this is my last year with Battle Creek, Michigan. And literally, they pulled the righty and brought me in to face the lefty as lefty versus lefty. And threw him some sliders, whatever I had, and a fastball, and he rolled it over, ground ball, got him out. Nice. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, Gallo got a big leaguer out, an all-star, J.D. Drew. And I think that word carried through, and they went, wait a minute, you know, because the Astros really didn't pay any money to be a left-handed specialist too often. So now they got me as maybe a potential target. I don't know. So then they sent me to – Lexington, Kentucky, and what a great city that was. And I flourished there. I mean, here I am repeating A-ball again. Now I'm 25, almost 25 years old, and this is 2002. 
And um, wait, let me just remember 1920, 19, 20, Yeah, I'm almost 25 years old and I'm still unable. And I was pissed. I'm like, dude, I should be in double A at least by now. And um, I ended up becoming like the closer. I ended up throwing about 88 innings. I had 91 strikeouts. I developed a hammer for a curveball and I was getting righties and lefties out. So I just become a guy. And all of a sudden, that season ends and they call me up to double A and that year, 2002, in the playoffs. And I, I got one inning in. I gave a solo shot to somebody and I didn't let that get me down. I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm in double A now. All right. So then 2003 happens. I'm still in minor league spring training. This is the craziest year of my career. So I'm sitting down in 2003 and I'm working out with the double A team. And, uh, you know, all spring, did, did my job, break, break camp with double A. And I'm there for about two and a half months. And then Bruce Chen was in the big leagues and he got lit as a lefty and they paid him a bunch of money. He gets released. They send him out. They moved the triple A guy to the big leagues. His name was Nathan Bland. So that opened up my door from 2003 to go double A. Okay, we're going to bump you up to triple A. So I had about maybe 20 some innings in double A and I did well. I had like a couple, give up a couple runs, but I did my job. I was getting people out. Moving to triple A. Now I'm in New Orleans and I'm playing with guys that I never even seen before. Some guys have big league time. And I'm just like, well, this is cool. I'm in New Orleans. Now I'm flying all over. I'm flying now. I'm not taking long bus rides anymore. And it was, it was pretty trippy. And I probably throw another month and a half there. The big league guy that they took up was getting lit. So swap places. They added me to the 40 man roster, bring down the, the lefty back to AAA. And I get called up at the end of June, just before 4th of July in 2003 in Houston. And that's when I made my arrival. I stayed there. Scott Pacetic was my first big league hitter I faced. Fell behind 2-0, gave him a fastball away, and he popped it up. And that was it. And I became the left-handed specialist for the Houston Astros that year. And I finished here in the big leagues that year. Mm. So this is two, so then after, after 2003, 2004, you got to be feeling good, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I've already pitched in the big leagues. Yeah. We didn't make the playoffs in 03, but – you know, I saw that paycheck, got a taste of that nice rookie pay- paycheck, which is still pretty large. I was probably clearing about, you know, 13 grand every two weeks, bringing home 26 grand a week, uh, a month wasn't bad. Um, but um, as I got the, so I, I go to big league camp, first time ever big league camp. I've already pitched in the big leagues, finished, you know, three months in the big leagues. And at this time, you feel like a big leaguer. I'm a big leaguer, right? I mean, that yeah, you yeah, fine, to, so. yeah fine. I felt like, yeah, but I still felt like, I still had to prove myself. I never was comfortable. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Quick as you get there, it's still harder to stay, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, ultimately, in spring training, I'm getting my innings in, and, and, you know, I give up a couple hits, a couple – you know, it it wasn't a great spring training, but I got hit around a little bit. Well, shit. They didn't – they didn't put me on the – on the opening day roster. They sent me back – they sent me – I started the year in AAA – they broke camp with um, a knuckleballer that took my spot. Jared Fernandez was his name. And obviously when lefties came up, they they tried to bring in the righty. They tried to bring in the knuckle guy and not having success. And so I start off my first four games. I was pissed in AAA. We go to Omaha, which is weird. We go to the, where I played my best college world series games and my memories and that's the triple a it was the triple a for the for the uh royals and so 
um, going there with a couple hundred fans versus what I remembered it kind of bummed me out. But anyways, I shoved it for like six innings. Didn't give up. A, I think I gave up a hit. No runs. Struck out like six or seven. And they pulled me up immediately. I got called up from after a road trip. I got called up right away. So I was only there for a week, maybe two weeks. And they called me up. And then I played the whole year in the big leagues that year in 2004. And I did okay. You know, I I, I, I had a couple games where I didn't do well, but a couple, but more good, good, good games than bad. You know, lefties didn't bat that bad off me. So we make the playoffs. And I don't even think I pitched in the postseason. Um, did I get any appearances in 2004? I'm trying to remember this. Oh, against Atlanta. I did pitch. I did pitch. I got to go back and look. Maybe you can pull it up later. But I think I got some appearances in the, in the NLCS or the NL. God, I got to go back. I can't even remember. I know I pitched in the 2005, in, you know, playoffs. But um, I can't for the life of me. I can't. I know I pitched. I just can't remember. But we get knocked out in game seven in St. Louis in 04. It was really – it was sad. But um, but then 05, we come back. We got Clemens and Pettit, you know, Biggio, Bagwell. I mean, we're, we're geared up to go back. In uh, 2005, once again, they signed John Franco, who was 42 years old. Gave him a million bucks. Spring training for me was a little rough again. They sent me down to AAA, and I stayed there until June – they finally cut Franco because he was getting lit, and they called me up, and I proceeded with like a two ERA, pitched all the way through. I threw a scoreless two-thirds of an inning in the World Series against the White Sox and a third of an inning against the White Sox. Stinga. Faced A.J. Brzezinski twice, got him out twice, ground balls, and then Joe Creedy, a right-handed third baseman for him, threw a sinker away, and he rolled it over. And uh, I was just a ground ball pitcher. Just give me my ground balls to get out, you know. But, uh, yeah, I got a National League ring. I uh, can show you. I can always have it kind of nearby when I do my, my, my things. But here's my World Series ring from 2005. I don't know if you see that. But, yeah, yeah, it's got my name on it, Gallo. But yeah. uh, the best trophy I ever got. And yeah. I can say these Astros did not cheat. They didn't cheat. <laughs> they I, was playing, a, huh? <laughs> I played in the steroid era, though. I faced the yeah. guys who did steroids. But, yeah, congratulations to Aaron Judge. I hope he's clean. Yeah. I hope he, that would be a major black guy to baseball if he's not. I'm not yeah. trying to be downer here, but it's pretty cool to see a guy hit that many home runs and not be on any PEDs. You know what I mean? It's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to, to talk to you about, about your baseball career and you traveling all over the nation, you met your wife at Long Beach State. So you were dating her throughout this time. So that, that couldn't have been easy on a relationship when you're, Never home. So how yeah. how'd you guys so, make that work? Yeah, it was rough. I mean, we got married young at 22, and she was 21. And, you know, we just celebrated our 20th, our 21st wedding anniversary is coming up here October 20th. And it's not it, – you know, it's it, was, it wasn't easy. We, we didn't have kids till I was pretty much almost done with baseball. And uh, I got – you know, but, but during that time, she did live with me when I was in the big leagues uh, – in 04, 05, it was going to happen, but I got sent to Meyer AAA, and I didn't want her living with me in the Meyer Leagues. I told her to go home, you know, and we really didn't – we didn't own a home yet. You know, did we buy a home? No, 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 we didn't. We didn't own this home then. We lived in a condo in Long Beach, and she. Did, I just said, you know, I don't know what – I don't know what's going to happen. I'm tired of this going all over the place and moving. So it was rough, you know. It was rough. The lifestyle was 
difference. And so overall, though, we, we've stuck it out. And, and thank God we did because we got my daughter's a freshman at Milliken right now. She made the JV soccer team. Right on. Over, and I'm pretty pumped for her to be a freshman and have that experience. So, you know, and she's still playing club soccer, too. So they take a break for club and the high school starts here after football. But I'm so excited that. You know, my old stopping grounds. Now my kids are going there, so it's 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 pretty cool. I can't I can't. It's 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 like being in the big leagues again. It's kind of like that cool feeling, you know. But uh, my middle daughter, uh, she's a fifth grader and she's excelling in soccer as well. She's doing the AYSO Extra, which is like, you know, their own version of club over there, just a lot cheaper. I'm not coaching that team. I did coach her. I coached all. I coached her, even though I'm a baseball guy. I coach soccer and I just teach be aggressive. Go after the ball and score. That's pretty much it. <laughs> the pass is there. That's pretty much soccer, in my opinion. But um, but overall, uh, and, and then my boy came last, and now he's a third grader. And what a ride he's been on at the age of eight years old. Um, he's basically, you know, made made his first all-star team at eight years old over here at Cal Ripken. And I don't know if you, you probably saw this on Facebook, but, yeah. you know, we, we – we won the whole thing. And in fact, we're going to be in the, um, in the Beaumont shore Christmas parade this year. I'm, we're getting a, we're having our meeting tomorrow. We're going to enter a float and we're going to be called because it's night. The theme for the Beaumont shore Christmas parade is night. The movies. Okay. And yeah. We're going to do a field of dreams theme float. What if you want to call it a float and put <laughs> our boys on there and they're going to have their rings. They got rings and, you know, around their necks and they're put their jerseys on and we're going to kind of steam it out. And I, I'm going to put my, I have DJ equipment and I'm going to put it on the thing and bump the field of dreams. And we are the fans mixing, you know, I don't, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the, uh, I was the pitching coach of our all-star team and we went to Simi Valley for a tournament that qualified us to go all the way to Price, Utah. I've been all over this country, obviously not Price, Utah. <laughs> it's in the Southeast corner, South. Yeah, southeast corner of uh, of Utah, and um, it's a mining town. But they had some nice baseball fields. They put in the host, and they hosted the World Series. And there was like a team from Salt Lake City. There was eight. There was uh, eight teams there. Eight teams. I think it was eight teams, and um, six qualified, I believe, and uh, or four. It was either six or four. I can't remember. But anyways, we played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to qualify for the knockout stage, and we went three zero, and then. Thursday was the first game of the knockout stage, and we won, beat a local team. And then Friday and Saturday were a true test. Uh, we put a team in California that was pretty much a travel ball team, and and we were down nine to three going into the fifth inning. We only played six innings, and we finally got to their second pitcher, and we got into them, and we tied it up nine to nine, and went to the bottom half. We were the home team, and we have a kid last name Wells. We called him Walk Off Wellsy. Eight, eight years old. Can you imagine being eight years old and getting a walk-off game-winning hit in an all-star championship? That's a dream. Semi, it was a semifinal game, but it was awesome seeing these kids just excel and do this. It was just a cool experience. I wish I got to do this when I was eight years old, but eight years old, I was playing minor B baseball, and there was no all-star team. So that's what's cool about Cal Ripken. They kind of – and, you know, back in the day, I would be like, God, it's kind of lame to have an all-star team at age eight because these kids can't even pitch yet, you know, or yeah. throw consistent strikes. But – we picked the best pitchers that were in the league, and we got we got guys. We were the best pitch team. We we gave up the least amount of runs, and I'm not saying because I'm the pitching coach. We just had some good guys, yeah. And I hope I helped, you know, which I I figured I did, but but overall, um, we won the championship, and so 
Um, now we're in flag football and we're three and zero in flag football. I'm not coaching that, but my buddy Jeff Brooklander who's a Long Beach guy through and through. He's coaching that, and I'm coaching his soccer team. And we're undefeated in soccer, and we're undefeated in flag football. So this guy's got a dream year of sports right now. He's gotten he's blessed to be on good teams. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Let me transition a little bit. I know, uh, I know, you know, I, I've had conversations with you about the end of baseball for you. You felt like you could still play. But baseball yeah. kind of gave up on you, so you kind of, you know, you had, you had kind of had to scramble a little bit and got a job. Did you feel at this point like you've been all over the nation? You've been you've been all over the place. I know you mentioned the weather here, but was there any a point in your time, like when you were all over the the nation, where you're like, maybe I don't want to live in Long Beach, or was it always when it was done, I was going to be go back to Long Beach? You know, it, it, it was. I was always going to come home here. Um, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm getting a little, as they say, as you get older, you get wiser, you start looking at things and you start looking at environments. Now you're a parent. And, you know, as much as I love this city, there's a lot of things I don't like about this city. And, you know, crimes kind of get, I don't want to get political or anything like that. But, you know, I do feel safe in my little community. But when I get out of this area and go to some other areas of the city, um, I have my radar up a little bit more, you know, where, you know, you got to make sure you lock your car and, you know, you can't leave anything valuable in your car, you know? So during my travels, I did find some areas that I liked, but nothing could beat the weather of Southern California. So in the meantime, I'm here, but you know, if, if things get kind of out of control, which I don't think they are, you know, but they, they've teetered on some things that I'm like, Whoa, it might be time to go, but not yet. It's still okay. And, you know, I just pray that the city makes wise decisions and common sense stays in town because if common sense is gone, uh, that's when chaos happens. And so I'm just saying uh, I love Long Beach. I still do. And uh, I'll be here. But I think when I retire, I've looked at other places like Tennessee, Texas. Granted, you get more bang for your buck, but maybe you're making less money in those places. So, no, I've always wanted to own my own business, too. And I've enjoyed – I enjoy like the restaurant part and I enjoy people coming to a restaurant and enjoying sports and having a good time. And I know that goes into the category of a sports bar, but I want to open a place where I know I got great food and my prices are good and my drink prices are good. And, and hospitality is amazing. You know, state of the art where people go, dude, you know what? Damn, the, the Dodgers are in the playoffs. I want to go to that place tonight and watch the game. Cause I know I'm going to get great service. I know I'm going to get good food and, there's some places like that in Long Beach, but I want to have a place like that where I call it it's my own, you know, yeah. and got to have money to make money. So overall, you know, one of these days I got to get a silent investor to believe in my dream and, 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 and do something like that, whether it's here, Texas or Tennessee, or um, I don't know where, but you know, somewhere where the cost of living is good and, you know, law and orders respected and it's, it's it, it's done <laughs> where you know you break the law there's a consequence you know so overall you know but but like i said you know my brother my brother is a very successful business guy down here in long beach he's running the Oktoberfest that's in long beach i'll be there friday night you should come with me all right uh, like football game i'll hit you up but the big Oktoberfest that's right there off of elm street is huge my brother's in charge of it and his partner's a of his, uh, cause he owns the bamboo club and the stash bar in Long Beach. And, uh, 
So my brother's got the background of, of running a business and I can lean on him and, you know, if I want to do something, but obviously, like I said, I got to get the finances, the financing going to make something work, but we'll see what happens. But, you know, but overall, you know, just plug it away. It's, it's good times. Well, I, I, I can't believe you. It, it's going to be probably easy for you to find an investor because I, you know, I went to a lot of law meet state games uh, last year and man, I feel like you were the mayor of Blair field. And what I loved about you, Mike is people, all over the stadium would come to you and you never big league anybody. You gave them their, their, you gave them your full attention. And when they came up to you, it was like they were old friends of yours. You were lit up and you make, you make people feel so good. So I really, really respect that about you, Mike, that you've always been that way. Like no matter who they are, they come up to you and you give them, you give them the, the best gallo greeting possible. So uh, kudos to you for that. And I think because of that, I think you'll find an investor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely check that. I appreciate the kind words, you know, uh, my mom, you know, I kind of take this after my mom and my dad too, but my just, you know, be treat, treat people the way you want to be treated. And that's one thing I took to heart my whole life. And, you know, and I, I figured out one thing that baseball taught me life skills along with what my parents taught me. But if it wasn't for the fans, baseball is still fun, but it's a lot more exciting with the fans. And that's one thing that I've, I've respected. Like if it wasn't for fans, I wouldn't have been able to get that contract to go play pro ball and pitch in front of, you know, 40,000 people a night, and you know, pitch in a world series, because to me, the fans are just like having a first baseman on your baseball team. The fans are just like having the pitcher and, and at a batter at bat. You need the fans. And, mm -hmm. you know, I like what's happening at Long Beach State. You know, I like the new coach that came in there with his staff. I begged him to get me on the staff, but he's like, Mike, I just can't because I'm loyal to my guys. And Eric, and I, you know, I, I like Eric what's going Smilo, on. right? I'm sorry? Eric Valenzuela? Yes, yes, yes. And he's got a great, great staff over there. Good guys. And uh, I'm excited for the season. Um, I'll let you know right now that I'm planning on going to their road trip when they go to play at East Carolina this year. It's one of their non-conference preseason uh, weekends out there. Uh, this past year, I took me and my buddy, we went out to go see him play Mississippi State. And they Mississippi State won the College World Series last year, so it was pretty cool. And uh, it was just cool going back there. Dak Prescott, I didn't even know, went to Mississippi State. I mean, his picture's over there on the stadium and down there in uh, – in uh, Starkville, got to go see Elvis, go see Elvis's mansion where Elvis's family's buried and, you know, where, I'm sorry, where his lost loved ones are and, uh, you know, Graceland, I should say. And, uh, you know, got to go hang out in Memphis for a little bit because it's, you know, a little drive. Uh, Ole Miss is right there, too. It's not too far away. I didn't have time to go check them out. But but um, it's cool. I, I, I still love to travel. Traveling, I miss the – one thing I've missed most about baseball is the traveling. I love to travel. I love staying in the random hotels, going to see the random towns. And I highly recommend, if you haven't done it yet, take a trip maybe one time to go see the AA, AAA stadiums and just go around to these small towns and see what it's like. It's, it's really cool to go experience that stuff. It really is. And then, obviously, you know, I love going back. That's one of the reasons I like going back to Green Bay because it's like, going to an old Midwest town and all of a sudden you got this 
castle called Lambeau Field, as you can see behind me. And that picture was taken when they played the Rams. It was 23 degrees at kickoff last year. Uh, I went there twice last year. Uh, uh, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> so let's let's end it uh, about Long Beach. Tell me a few spots where you need to go to eat. Where where's the spots that Mike Gallo likes to go? Because I know you're everywhere. I, I see you every. It's great. I like I, I I ran into you at Tennessee Jacks before. I've run into you all I, over the city, I which is great. Had the food. I haven't had the food at Tennessee Jacks. I need to go try the food because they got good food, right? Oh yeah, they got yeah, the great food. Yeah, I got to check that. It's a good spot. But overall, um, I found a little hole in the wall. If you guys like uh, Korean barbecue, woo, Genyaki. It's next to a Snug Harbor. It's a Amphosia Italian market. Actually, that's not technically Long Beach, but it's Lakewood. See, Lo to me, Long Beach and Lakewood are kind of like yeah. brother and sister. But um, Genyaki's in Lakewood, but it's super close to Long Beach. Great chicken and steak bowls. And they have tacos, Korean barbecue bar. Oh, dude, it's bomb. But that's not Long Beach. But at Long Beach itself, you know, I keep hearing great things about Mexihana that's down the street. Mexihana's got a couple locations. One just opened up down the road for me on Palo Verde and Stearns. Uh, that's one of the places that I, I keep hearing that's got great grub. I got to try that out. Mari's Pizza, big fan of that. That's right there by my house on Stearns in uh, Palo Verde over there next to my good old uh, watering hole called Poor Richards. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But yeah. Um, you know, uh, Rascal's Teriyaki Grill. That's one of my favorite places to go to as well. Well, Salami State, right? Oh, yeah. The, 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 I always get all white meat, not because I don't like dark meat. I just think white <laughs> meat's a little healthier for me. I go white meat, white rice, and a little green salad. get the chicken plate. And uh, Sriracha's been having some, some supply issues, but I think it's coming back. So I'm starting to see the bottles in the stores again. So Sriracha is back, I heard. Okay. So a little kick. But, um, you know, Mom Pa Grocery is one of my favorite places that has breakfast burritos over there on Roy Croft in Colorado. If you've never had a breakfast burrito from Mom Pa Grocery, you got to go. That's that's the place. And Zach Henderson and his wife, beautiful wife, own that spot and they keep it old school. Have you been there over there to Mom Pa Grocery? I, I've been to Mom Pa's, but I've not had the burritos. I, I You know what I love there is they, they, they make homemade beef jerky and I eat that. They're like, known for their jerky. Yeah. Did you know today's is fried chicken day? Tomorrow is fried chicken day. If you like fried chicken, Zach Henderson's back there cooking it in, in four different frying pans back there. Homemade fried chicken. That's every Wednesday? Every Wednesday. So tomorrow, if you want to go, you text me and I'll meet you there because he, he buys one for me too. So, <laughs> but, but overall, um, um, that I don't want to leave mom pie out and, uh, you know, the bamboo club, I got to give a shout out to the bamboo club, good food. Uh, if you're a vegan, which God bless you, I couldn't be a vegan. They got a vegetarian menu. That's pretty good. But overall, their food is good. Um, he just told me today that my, they're, they're going to rent a giant screen when the World Cup happens in their tent, their parking lot, they got to keep up in that seating area. They're going to make a World Cup viewing part right there. He doesn't ever want to be known as a sports bar for the Bamboo Club. But for the World Cup, he's going to support it. And he's going to try and get a viewing party there for the World Cup games. And it's going to be pretty cool. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. Is there any parting words that you would like to leave our viewers with? You know, one thing about life is there's a lot of negativity out there. And I've been guilty of it. Um, to, to let it absorb and, and get you in a bad mood and bad view on things in life. Got to stay positive no matter what. If there's something negative, find something positive because 
if you keep down in that negative road, there's nothing but negativity ahead. So that's the way I'm trying to live my life is to be positive. You know, I bury my, my, my head and my mind when things are going wrong with my kids and get sports and, you know, and, and get with my Packers and, you know, social media is a beast too. And, you know, if you follow things that are really negative, it's going to, it's going to lead that way too. So try and find positive things and crap, start watching good shows right now. I'm going to recommend one show right now on Netflix called, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings guy, but I did follow the movies. The first three were amazing. And then, you know, the Hobbit wasn't, it was just okay. But the power of the rings on Netflix right now, they come out with a new episode every Friday. I'm hooked. It's amazing. And Dahmer, you're going to get nightmares. It's good, but you get nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so the peppy of Mike Gallo is coming out, right? Being yeah. positive, living your life positive. And, and yeah. Yeah, I know that not everything is positive, but I, 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 I love what you're saying that, you know, that you can always find something, even, even in the negative times, you can always find something positive to lean on. And that goes to gratitude, having gratitude. You know, when you wake up in the morning, say to yourself, what are the good things in my life right now? What am I grateful for? And start your day that way, because when you start your day that way, it will help you end your day on a higher note. Wouldn't you agree? Right. Amen, dude. Amen. And that's, and, and you know, it, and who you hang out with could be a big part of, of your, your positivity in life. You know, if you're hanging out with someone that's always just, you know, it's, you, you got to bring that person up with you. You got to, you got to, it, it, it's the only way to, to make things better in life. And like I said, there's a lot of negativity out there. I'm seeing it on social media. I'm seeing it everywhere. And, you know, we, you got to find, we got to find the common ground where peace and, and good times, you know, good times happen and try, you know, just try to be a good person and have common sense, right? Common sense. <laughs> I like it. Mike, it's been a pleasure talking with you. I know you're very, very busy, so I, I, I don't take that lightly. So thank you so much for spending the evening with me and talking Long Beach and reminiscing about the good old days, of Long Beach State and what you're doing now. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No problem. We'll get together soon, brother. Take care. Absolutely. It's been a long beach thing. Hell yeah. Thank you for tuning into It's a Long Beach Thing. Please tune in next time for another great episode. Thank you and have a good rest of your day.